Welcome to the show. I'm Brad Johnson, and this is the Do Business, Do Life podcast. I believe in the and approach to life and business instead of the either or. This show is my attempt to help financial advisors create unlimited growth and freedom in their life and their business through wide-ranging conversations with some of the most brilliant and interesting people on the planet. We refer to this mission as DBDL, doing business and doing life. All right, y'all, Kristen Shea here. And in this episode, Brad's going to be talking with our friend Dave Zoller about how to effectively leverage YouTube to build your advisory business. Not only has Dave built and scaled his own retirement planning firm using YouTube video content, but he also teaches other advisors just like you how to do the same through his online platform, Streamline My Practice. What's really cool is that Dave is successfully using YouTube as a marketing funnel, aka he's mastered a super untapped and honestly really challenging platform for most of our industry. And last year, his YouTube videos accounted for $60 million of new assets for his firm. So today, Dave is going to share the strategies and specific tech he's using for getting in front of the camera, creating content that converts, and leveraging video as a way to expand your reach and connect with your audience. A lot of people have this limiting belief where they think they don't have the time to learn or master video content or the beast that is YouTube. And it does take a fair amount of time, but Dave has simplified and streamlined the entire process so that creating and publishing valuable content that speaks to your ideal clients don't consume your life. It's really, really easy. He really helps speed up that learning curve. So this is going to be a super awesome and practical conversation. Before we get into the show, we've got a special offer from Dave for the DVDL listeners. Dave has agreed to do a private group coaching call where he's going to dive deeper into the content marketing strategies he's using to generate leads and build his business. So if you want to book your spot, tap into Dave's expertise which we highly recommend, you're going to text the number 21, not the word text the number 21 to the DBDL Insider phone number. It's in the show notes, but I'll give it to you now. 785-800-3235. We're going to automatically send you a text back with details for the private coaching call. Super easy. So please note text message and data rates may apply. You can opt out of receiving text messages at any time by replying stop to any message you receive. If you want the show notes to this episode, including links to all the resources, books mentioned, people discussed, you can grab those at bradleyjohnson.com forward slash 21. So as always, thanks for listening. Without further delay, today's conversation between Brad and Dave Zoller. Welcome back to another episode of the Do Business, Do Life podcast. Dave Zoller here with us today. Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited. Yeah, man. This is fortuitous. We were actually both out at Jolt in Vegas just a few weeks back, ran into each other. And actually, I think that was the very first time we ever met in person. Yes. Um, I know. Yeah. And so that was, it was really cool because we'd, we'd known of each other, kind of done a few phone calls, hopped on a few Zooms. And I think there's a really fun story with how we connected. So back in the day, I think it was Michael Kitsis that originally connected me with Carl Richards and Mm -hmm. Carl came on the old show. And at the time you were working kind of side by side with him on the team, Dave, and I don't know all the details. Maybe you can share those. But one of the things I've found in life is get yourself in the right room, surround yourself with the right people. Obviously, Carl Richards is is a legend in the space, behavior gap and and everything he's done to just help the advisor community. And I know it was a pretty interesting how you guys originally got connected, which then in turn connected us. So I think there's a, a life lesson and a business lesson there, if you don't mind sharing that with the listeners. Yeah, yeah. well, let's see. So back in 2016 or 17, 
we've got the business, the advisory business, and we're helping people with retirement. That's the focus. And we got a team there. Mm-hmm. Back then, we weren't doing any marketing. We, I wasn't doing anything. Uh, well, I don't want to say creative, but there was something in, in me that wanted to write or create and kind of share the things that were working at the advisory firm with advisors. So I started a blog that was just called Streamline My Practice, was maybe sending out one blog, one email a week to advisors. People were signing up. And then I had reached out to Carl because there was something he was, I think he was talking about, he's got so many good frameworks and so many good things for advisors. And I asked him if I could do kind of like a review or a comment on one of these. I can't even remember what it was. So maybe it was related to COI centers of influence and and connecting with them. But anyways, reached out to him and he looked at the website and the blog and he's like, Hey, we're kind of doing this same thing. We're trying to help advisors. What if we started uh, working together? Cause he had, at that time, he was just starting this thing. That's now the society of advice, which is a a Mm -hmm. great platform, a a great place for advisors to go get educated on, on different communication things and all sorts of stuff over there. So anyways, we started working together and creating things and growing the advisor list. And that's interviewing other people, getting people on the podcast, things like that. And I reached out to you because I had been listening to your podcast at the time, and it was one of the best ones out there, if not the best. So, <laughs> so appreciate that. So, uh, so then that, yeah, you guys connected, you did the, the podcast and that's our first connection with me and you as well. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember, um, you were just, to me, you came across as a go-getter, a guy that was really in this space as a career, as a, um, you weren't doing, you weren't part-timing it is the best way I can put it. And, you know, there are some people that kind of dabble in this business and I find the ones that tend to excel, they're, they're just lifelong students. They're mm-hmm. connecting with people like the Carl Richards of the world and just continuing to grow and evolve and uh, level up as you go. I, I have to show yeah. this. For those watching on video, which, by the way, you probably should, because um, we're going to be talking a lot about YouTube today. So if you're listening Mm -hmm. to this, you should probably go check it out on YouTube. But this little art piece showed up in my mail after Carl came on the podcast. And so for those not familiar, Carl had a I think it was a weekly sketch in The New York Times called Behavior Gap for the longest time. Is he still doing that? I don't know if he's still doing that. I think he is. I thought he was. I don't know for sure. Yeah. So this is one of my favorites. It's, it's, I think he calls this one fear greed. And, um, you know, you can kind of see the buy low, sell high. It's kind of the opposite is typical human psychology. But what's crazy is he sent this to me as a gift. It's a, a print after the interview and just finally moved into an office that I'm going to stay in. I've kind of been on the, the Elon Musk plan where I just set up a cot, you know, over in the corner and random places in the office. And so we're finally going to turn this into kind of our podcast studio, but it's not there yet, but that will be going on the wall here shortly. So I don't know if you were involved with that gift or not, but I appreciate it. If so, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. And and I know you've had um, Simon Bowen on the podcast a couple of times, the old one and the new one. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just um, advisors already know when they're looking at at those sketches and, and when you draw, you draw people in right? Especially when we're Mm -hmm. virtual, if you could start drawing on the screen, well, actually I'll I'll share when we start talking about YouTube things, why that's one of the key things that I think makes a big difference. If you're an advisor and if you're trying to help people and educate people, we'll get into that. And I'm probably the worst drawer. My seven-year-old son is better than me in in sketches, but it almost doesn't matter. And and we'll talk more about that. 
Well, I'll tell you, you're right. You can have, I mean, I've seen some absolute, like Carl Richards is actually an artist. Like his, yeah. his drawings look great. I've seen some absolutely atrocious whiteboard skills, but they still work better because most humans learn visually. And when you're yes. like, as you said, Simon Bowen, that's one of his phrases. When you draw, you draw people in. It also psychologically, if you think about as a kid, when you were in the classroom, you were sitting in your desk and the teacher was up on the chalkboard or the marker board or whatever. So there's also a psychological element of teaching and framing and authority when you hop up on a whiteboard that plays in yes. as well. So, well, cool. I want to I want to dive in because I'm excited about this one. I'm here to learn with all the rest of the, of everybody else listening in. And so, Dave, I knew you were doing some cool stuff on YouTube, and you've always been one of those guys, I think, that's like very much on the, the front edge of where technology is going in finance. And when we connected out at Jolt, we grabbed, you know, it was one of the breaks, and we started talking. And your YouTube channel, which is not that old, when did you launch the client-facing YouTube it channel? It was when we were uh, stuck at home during lockdowns may of 2020 mm, and wow. i was on i was yep. watching a lot more youtube those days and yeah. i'm thinking you know because i mean we remember it probably vividly how it would have felt like but anyways i was and i'm like man i bet i bet there's a lot of other people doing this too we i just gotta go i knew i wanted to the, the one thing i knew was that practicing and, and trying to get good at video was going to be a skill that would be useful, even if there were no results from this YouTube channel. So I thought, you know, this is going to force me to do it. It's going to help me learn how to communicate via screen and then communicate just one-on-one -on -one as well, or, or to group. So I just did it and it was slow going for a while. Right now we've got, I think, 28,000 subscribers. We have made wow. between 100 to 150,000 views a month. And that delivers a, a lot of ideal prospects and clients to streamline financial. But it didn't start that way. It was, uh, yeah. it was it really. It never, hey, by the way, it never does. Yeah. That's right. how it works. We were talking about that before we started recording. But May 2020. So here we are right at three years later. That's some incredible growth. So I definitely want to dive into that. And, and for those advisors listening, we'll start with some results in advance. Dave, I believe you're averaging about 40 opt-ins, 40 appointments per month currently directly from that YouTube channel. Is that accurate? It is. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to have people opt in and get them to an appointment. These are people who are just going directly to the website, seeking us out, clicking get started, and then answering eight questions. And then uh, it's about 40 people average over the last probably beginning of 2022. It's been about 40 a month. Okay. So over the last eight, you know, 17, 18-ish months averaging. So that's a pretty good track record. It's not just like we had one month that popped and had a bunch, and then it's been pretty consistent all the way through. It is. It's been consistent. And then also the email list. We're sending out a weekly email, and that is growing even faster than 40 a month. So people are joining the group or the list or whatever you want to call it and getting regular communication. Some of those people are then getting to the get started button and it's all related but the goal is just continue to be consistent with providing one helpful video that we try each week and one helpful email each week and that's really our, our entire marketing engine right now love it okay so we're going to with your permission kind of dissect kind of the yeah. content creation the content deployment 
Before we get there, though, so what is the channel? We'll put it in the show notes, but what's the channel so those advisors listening can go out and check it out? Obviously, give me some thumbs up and likes and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Like and subscribe. The uh, (laughs) It's Streamline Financial. You'll find the YouTube channel. That's the one with 28,000. And then the other YouTube channel, Streamline My Practice, is for advisors. That's where we're sharing the stuff that's working at our firm, not just marketing, but also the communication and sales, and then also the the operations and the people management and, and everything that hap- that we do to run run the practice. So Streamline My Financial is one, and then Streamline My Practice is the advisor one. Cool. Okay, so before we dive in and get down in the weeds a bit, I want to just kind of go back and forth here and just make sure philosophically we start to think through the why behind video. Gary Vaynerchuk, who's one of my favorite content creators, I've learned a lot from him over the years, but he has a saying, document, don't create. And mm-hmm. and literally to the extent that the guy has a videographer that just follows him around all day, every day, and they just mm-hmm. document everything he does, and then they just deploy it out on their social. And one of the things that I learned from him was he said, get everything on video because video is the ultimate content form because it can be repurposed into everything. So you can rip, I mean, look at what we're doing right now. We're recording via Zoom. We will rip the audio. The audio will be a podcast. So we can use the video for audio. We can also use the video for, if you look at like Joe Rogan, if you want to study his channel, before he went to Spotify exclusively, all of his long form content, and he has some super long podcasts, you know, hmm. two hours, three hour podcast. So the full interview would be there. And then he had a Joe Rogan clips channel where yeah. like the famous scene with Elon Musk, you know, smoking the joint with them. Of course, they clip yeah. that out. And that's a little three, five minute segment. But they use this little teaser content that's a little more TikTok, you know, short and sweet, less attention span required. And they use that to grow the channel and then, of course, get people over the long form content. So there's all kinds of ways to slice and dice it. But on your side, because I know you're doing a lot of that, Dave, what other benefits do you see to video based content creation? So we didn't start outwardly marketing in this way with content marketing until July of 2019. Tim and I, my business partner at Streamline Financial, that's when we said we've got this team that is just operating at top top state and everything is is organized and, and work Every, not everything not everything's perfect obviously but things are working we've got freed up time to then do some marketing so we started posting text posts on linkedin and a few months later we just took those text posts that the ones that were more popular than the others and we started doing iphone videos of the exact post except there was video mm-hmm. and then three months after that that's when people started saying i feel like i know you already because of these videos they were consistent about one a week and that alone, we weren't getting new clients or new meetings even from LinkedIn marketing the first six months, or maybe maybe it, was, it took about three or four months. But when someone was saying that, I feel like I know you already, and it's our first meeting, that's all we needed to say, okay, we got to keep doing video. We got to keep doing this. So th- that thing you said about document, don't create. Now, it's hard for advisors to be recording every part of their, you know, you're not recording client meetings and then posting it publicly. But the way to use that as an advisor, I would recommend this because when we look at some of the stats of our YouTube channel or our LinkedIn posts or whatever we're doing, some of the things, it is document, it's documenting because we'll have a meeting with someone 
they'll have a question and or we're helping them solve this problem, uh, something related to their plan, right? So we're using eMoney, the planning software, and we'll look at what if scenarios or some of the toggles on the left side of, hey, what if you retired two years earlier? Or what if you spent 30K on a vacation each year with the entire family and the grandkids and things like that? And we would take that. Sometimes if it was very specific to them, we'd ask permission and we would create a, a sample client, Clark uh, Kent or whatever, Lewis Lane, and we would right. show that example and say, hey, here's a, a scenario that was helpful to one person we were helping and post it on LinkedIn. But what I'm saying here is one of the most popular videos we have, I think, has 250,000 views on YouTube, and it's really just sharing an e-money scenario, and it's wow. kind of the can I retire type thing. People love now, only if they're interested, if they, again, all the stuff we're doing is retirement language. Retirement is, is what people are tuning in the channel for, but they want to see what other people are doing. There's something in our brain, I think, that either wants the validation or just like the look at what other people are doing related to retirement. So that is a way to document, not in the moment, but pretty much what you're doing that day. The question to ask yourself at the end of the day is, did I help someone today? Did I answer any questions for anybody, whether a prospect or a client? And then the, the second question is, do you think someone else in the world would find that valuable or helpful in some way? Most likely, yes. So that's that's a way to document what you're doing throughout the day, sharing it with others, trying to give and help. That's what we started doing. And that's that's been popular for sure. I love that. Basically, you're just creating a case study, a real world case yes. study. You're obviously stripping out the personal information, just creating yes. a sample client. Many of the firms at Triad already use e-money, so I love that example. But the scenarios in there, one of the things we coach to that that lines up with perfectly, you know, really a lot of firms, you do the first visit, the first appointment, whatever you call it, and that's your fact find. That's your, hey, do they have gaps or problems we can help them fix? And it's like, if yes, then okay, let's meet again. But that second visit, oftentimes we call that the before and after because uh -huh. it's kind of that 30,000, that high-level view. In that case study scenario that you're talking about, it's like, hey, getting ready to retire, don't have any sort of income stream. Uh, so they can't yeah. spend with confidence, right? Oh, here's the after that we don't know ex the exact strategy, but we feel confident and you can just toggle that back and forth any money right there. All you're saying is we're taking yeah. an, a sample like that, just recording it. Now, getting a little bit technical here, but how are you recording the video? Is it on Zoom like we're on now with the screen share or how do you make that intuitive where you can kind of show the study while you talk over it on video? So kind of the, the get into the tech side, tech stack, is that good? Yeah, I think, let's do it. So in the beginning, what we were doing was mainly iPhone to keep it as simple mm -hmm. as possible and a nine or maybe $15 lapel mic that just plugged into the iPhone. And we weren't doing anything fancy yet. We were sharing just verbally some uh, helpful tips or questions that we answered that day. And you might even be able to go back. Well, the problem with LinkedIn is you got to scroll a long time once mm -hmm. you get to someone's feed. But you could see some of those early videos, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. And it was iPhone. But now, as we're talking about this documenting and kind of sharing what you're doing, for a while, we were using Loom, which is mm -hmm. records your screen. And then you're in the corner of the screen as well, because it's recording you from your camera. So that was the simplest way to do this. Later, once we started getting some traction and people were, you know, we were starting to grow the channel a little bit, we upgrade the tech and we're using a nice camera now. And then we're using a software 
that is kind of like a, uh, I guess you could call it a switchboard, but it's called Ecamm Live. And I think it's yes. 10 or 15 yep. bucks a month. And we started doing that because the goal here, again, in the beginning, I didn't want to spend more time than I needed to. It was all about speed. What's the fastest way to have an idea and then get it to video and then get it out there? I didn't want to spend half the week doing marketing, right? I wanted to spend an hour a week. That was the goal. And so Ecamm Live allows you to record. And then when you finish recording, it automatically, there's a file on your desktop and you don't have to have any SD cards or like, you know, do all this work. It's right there. And then all we did was drag it and drop it into a, a software called Descript. And that is a AI software that automatically takes out all of the long pauses. Let's pretend you had five bullet points and you're at bullet point three and you had to kind of think about what the next thing was that you were going to say. You could just, during the video, you're recording one take and you're kind of thinking about this next point of Roth conversion or, or, or timing or something like that. And you want to think about what you're going to say, you get it. And then you start talking. What Descript does is it just automatically with one button removes all of the pauses that are longer than two seconds or three seconds, and then creates a jump cut, which is just a very clean transition from where you were to the next scene. That sped up the pro process. For the first two years of doing this, it was just me doing the editing, and it was because of Ecamm Live and Descript that made it so fast and easy. Those are two tools I would, I would recommend if you're thinking about starting video. Love that. And does Descript, because I know now there's some AI tools where you can feed video into it, and it will actually put the subtitles automatically mm -hmm. onto it. Does Descript do anything like that? It does. It does that. There's also another one that I'm, I haven't used yet, but it even takes your video. We were talking about repurposing and splitting up content. That The one YouTube video we have, all I have to do when you think about it, I wanted to do one thing and do it well. And that was creating an idea and getting a video out there that's that people want to watch. And then now, because it's actually bringing in income to the firm, we're able to, to spend money on it. We have an editing team. So now I just record the video. They get it. They turn it into a blog post, right? They take the transcript, turn it into a blog post, get maybe three or four clips that go out to social. And they also get the YouTube shorts. You know, they're taking 60 second clips from it and all of it's working together. That's the repurposing. But in the beginning, Descript would be if it's just you or someone on your team. Yes, they can pretty much do all of that. You just have there's a little bit of a learning curve if you get into that content repurposing. But still, it's it's probably worth I'd say it's worth 15 bucks for a few months to test it out. Try it. I found huge value out of it. Love it. Well, I'll tell you, it overcomes one of the biggest hurdles I've seen with most advisors when it comes to producing video content. I've seen, I mean, 15 years, I mean, we had a recording studio where we'd have advisors flying every day for, you know, half day video shoots. And you'd be sitting here talking just like we are. And then all of a sudden the camera pops out and then everybody just like turns into a different version of themselves. Have you seen this where all of a sudden everybody stiffens up and gets uncomfortable and I saw so many advisors, they just thought they had to like be like a politician, like polished and perfect on video. And because of that, they do a video, they didn't like it, they'd redo it five times. And then they're just like, ah, they just throw in the towel. I want to get to your thoughts here in a second, Dave, but the beauty of Descript and, and for if you're an advisor out there and you don't know what a jump cut is, just go watch any like YouTube short video yes. or TikTok video. And if you just see it like kind of like glitching and like jumping to the yeah. next scene and 
that's a jump cut. And basically any content, almost every big time content creator uses tons of jump cuts because it actually psychologically, Dave, it's also been proven to like keep attention of the viewer. Yeah. Correct. Because it's just kind of always. Yes. So, so what are your thoughts? Um, Did you have any of that stage fright that a lot of advisors, the first video or two, they kind of have to, to work through that. Yes. Yeah. The first video I did that I wanted to do well, I knew that it was going to be bad and I knew that was uh, going to be embarrassing. I actually talked about this at Jolt when I was uh, did the talk and there were three things that were barriers for me to even get started. And I think that it's probably everybody out there, or at least advisors. One of them is, um, so we're advisors and we're, we're pretty smart, right? We've got this financial expertise or expertise in some area and we might be at the top of our game and it's really difficult to go back to the beginner mindset and to do something mm-hmm. where you're a complete newbie and you kind of stink at it. And and I think you just, you have to be able to do that. It's that ego, right? I had it. I had trouble. I was embarrassed. And I, I was worried more about advisors criticizing me than anybody else, you know, watching the video. Maybe it's just me, but that's the way that I felt when, when I was, I was doing that. It was that ego and going back to the beginner's mind and just being bad blowing through that, the thing that helped was really focusing on the person that I'm trying to help. Like if you're coming at it from a place of generosity and giving and wanting to help people and not a place of doing something for a return expected or for some sort of ROI, if you're going into it to get a hundred views, the first video or a thousand views, or if you're going into it to, to do three videos and get a client from those three videos, you're probably going to fail. There may be our case studies out there where people are able to do that. But if you can go into it instead from a place of service and just looking to help, we already know the more value that you put out into the world, the more will come back to you. Most likely, not always, but a lot of times it does. That's what I started doing. And I kind of forgot about the ego. But that first video that I did, I was talking about tax content, tax planning things back then. And it was around, I think it was like using Spotify for business and being able to deduct the cost. Like do companies get to do that if they've got a lobby that's playing music or a store or something like that? So I was talking about that. Mm-hmm. And one of the comments was legal related. Uh, it was Spotify. I think it was an attorney. And it was like kind of scary. And it was like a negative comment. It was like, it reminded me of this thing that I keep hearing, which is whenever you have an intention to do something, disruption always follows intention, Right. Whenever you're trying to, if you set your mind on something and you start moving forward, a lot of times there's going to be something that blocks you from doing it. So as long as we have that in our mind and remember that and just know that disruptions are going to come or block, you know, things are going to block us, it's easier to keep moving forward and and iterating and trying again. So that was the first video. And it was like this to me, it's not a big deal at all. But to me, it was like, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not putting any more out there like this. But uh, I was able to get past that and then keep going, and then it has paid off since then. There's so much good advice right there. Um, and, and so much of that advice is very similar to my own journey podcasting. I want to just pull a couple things out of that. The first one, the thing about doing it for others and not yourself. I did an episode with a guy named John Israel on my, on my prior show. He wrote a book called Mr. Thank You, and you reminded me of something he shared with me. So he wrote five handwritten thank yous a day for an entire year wow. and mailed these out. And that, that book's incredible. And his, his episode was incredible. It was one of my top downloaded ever. And he shared exactly what you just shared. He said, originally, 
like the first month or two of that journey, he started getting disappointed because he's dropping five handwritten thank you notes in the mail every day. And he might get like a little text or, you know, a note back, you know, every other week. And he's like, man, are these, am I not writing these right? Are these mm-hmm. people not getting my thank yous? Are they getting lost in the mail? And he goes, I realized I had focused on the wrong intention in these thank yous. I was making it about me as opposed to about them. And he's like, I realized I can just send gratitude out. And if yeah. I expect nothing in return, if it, it actually, it, it's like a freeing feeling. And yes. what you just said on, you shared this when we were kind of prepping for this conversation, you said, Hey, you know, I might've had like five, 10, 15 views on those first videos. And the mindset you went into is if just one of those viewers, I help them on their retirement journey, mm-hmm. I'm going to consider that a win. And I'm going to mm-hmm. consider that that video was worth doing and putting on the internet. And I love that yes. because the truth is when you start a podcast, when you start a YouTube channel. Basically, you don't have any viewers except maybe your mom, if you're lucky. Yep. Right. Yeah. And one piece of uh, advice that was given me on the podcast is don't do your first episode if you don't plan on doing your hundredth. It's the long game. It's the consistency. It's continuing to show up. And by the way, the first, I remember when I listened to my first podcast episode, I'm like, is it possible for a human to say the word so that many times in a five minute span? You know, all your little verbal ticks, all yeah. Little, yeah. It's scary to listen yes. to yourself and realize, wow, like I've got these little mannerisms I didn't even realize I have. But because of that, you get better and you put in the reps just like anything in life and you evolve and you level up and you went and go from beginner to actually, hey, these videos are starting to get pretty polished. And so yes. I, I'm curious, like any other things pop up in just that kind of the long game versus short game mindset or consistency or continuing to grow and like not be your own worst critic. Like what, what else comes to mind on your side, Dave? Okay. So there's a lot here because it is, it is the long game. And I I heard this thing too, this quote of all work works and it either works for you and delivers results that you're looking for, which is views and ultimately clients coming to you as an advisor, right? So it either works for you or it's going to work on you. Like you were just saying, it's going to make you the type of person that is able to watch the video, see that you said so 50 times in five minutes and then say, okay, I'm going to make a little effort in the next video to not do that. And then you get a little bit better. So it works on you. It turns you into the person that is going to be the person that gets a hundred or a thousand views on a video. So that's a big thing. All work works. And then this idea too, the benefit, you can think selfishly, like we're talking about giving to others and providing help to others. You can also think of it like this. You know that the best way to learn something, when you learn something, the best way to really internalize it is by teaching somebody else. Yes. Right? So yes. if you're, if I'm thinking through, have I had a conversation with a client who's 60, who's retiring in a year, and they're starting Social Security later on, they have a big taxable account, and we're looking at this Roth conversion sweet spot right? This period of years where they're going to have low taxable income because they can use their taxable account. Should we be talking about Roth conversions during that four or five year period? So that's a conversation we have. And I'm like, oh, that would be helpful for somebody else out there. So it helps you then think of you again, you got to do the work we always want to be performing and being in front of clients and, and being you know on stage or on video. But a lot of the work, probably 80% of the work is done 
below the surface. It's done uh, the thinking and and kind of the the how do I communicate this at least when we're if we're going to be sharing content. So it forces you to think how can I communicate this in a way that's simple that anybody can understand that's at like an eighth grade or lower level in in terms mm-hmm. of speaking. So. It makes you a better communicator, not just on video, but the next time you have a client in the same situation as that person, then you're sharing something that almost sounds poetic because you've thought about it, you've practiced it, and they get it right away, and it's different than you did it the, the previous time. You know what I mean? It's like yes. just doing this on video and practicing or just writing as well, you become a better communicator, you learn it better. And you also eventually will grow your business because of it. So there's a lot of benefits to to doing this type of video or, or content creation. Yeah, there's uh, which you just hit there. There's a name for it. It's like a, a cognitive learning. I think it's called the cone mm-hmm. of learning. We'll throw it in the show notes. But it talks about how people absorb content and actually retain content. And we've all been in you know a super boring classroom. Maybe it was grade school. Yeah. Maybe it was high school, college. And most of that is somebody droning at you, right? On maybe mm-hmm. a subject you're not super interested in, which by the way, reminds me a lot of, fi- of financial advisor videos I see out there. Don't do videos like that. To Dave's point, make them interactive, jump cuts, drawing, all of that. But the best way I've found to learn is to teach because yes. you have to, to your point, you have to communicate it in a way that others can understand it. And typically you do have to take something really complex and break it down to the core basics. And how helpful is that in meetings? So you're actually, I look at it almost like you're just like stand-up comics. Dave Chappelle, when he goes up on and does his Netflix special, that is not the first time he's done that content. He goes up. Most stand-up comics, they'll go underground and they'll hit these little clubs that have like 15 people in them. And they test their content. They see what hits. Oh, that one got a laugh. Okay, I'm going to go back to that one tomorrow night. Then they refine the content. Until it's like, okay, I've got 60 minutes of content that have the people rolling in the aisles. That's exactly what you're talking about here is you're testing the content. You have real world feedback and views and comments and interaction. You're like, oh, this one's hitting on. There's a lot of people that need help here. Boom. Drop that right into an appointment. I mean, it's it's the same concept. And and a lot of people that create content use that in different different places, obviously, out there, different industries, I guess I would say. And, and you know, what's really cool is after a while, maybe a year in, people were setting meetings. It took maybe, I'm trying to remember, it took probably a full year before, or eight to 10 months until that's when things started taking off from YouTube. So the thing that would happen is we'd have these first meetings, phone calls, and we'd say, what's on your mind? And a lot of times they would say something from one of the videos. And we would just write it down. Well, obviously, when you're in a first meeting, you're writing down a lot of the quotes that they say so you can repeat it back to them and you have that mirroring impact and, and they're connected. But we would write down and then we'd see these themes and the common language that kept being said. And then we would use those in our intro meetings or in our, our one-page plan delivery meetings. And it was just really, it's like the 80-20, take the, the things that have the highest impact and just use only those things. And then the whole meeting is incredible. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was helpful as well. Kind of and I'm, ass- I'm assuming also the other learning there, a retiree is going to say it very differently. Uh, we just did a training with Pat Quinn the other day and he had this little exercise I love. So Pat Quinn's a, a speaker coach for, the, for those that are unfamiliar. 
And um, he said, when you're talking, whether it's presenting from stage at a seminar, whether it's in appointments, whether it's YouTube videos, he said, I want you to do this exercise where you're talking to your brother. And I want you to talk like they would talk to you. And it's not going to be, hey, I was really up, you know, I was up late last night thinking about these RMDs and, and you know, the that minimum required distribution. And it really, I couldn't get to bed. That's not how normal people talk. That's financial yeah. advisor lingo yes. and acronyms. And I'm assuming a lot of what came out of this, Dave, is you being able to phrase things on videos and in appointments in the common language of the retiree versus financial advisor speak. Would you say that's a learning that came out of it as well? It is. And here's a quick tool for advisors, which I always mention, and it's the Hemingway app or Hemingway mm. uh, website. I think if you Google Hemingway word editor or something like that, it should come up. If you wrote a five-line LinkedIn post about a topic that uh, you, you just answered for a client, copy and paste it, put it in there. It's free. And then look at what the grade level is, the reading grade level. If it's above seventh grade, it's too confusing is, is what I found. So I would try to then reword it, retype it and try to get it to, you know, a seventh or sixth grade or fifth, the lower, the better. I mean, you know, second or third grade works because mm -hmm. you've heard, I think you've even had, who's the guy, Donald Miller does story brand. Did you interview him yes. before? So I did on the old is, show. Yep. Yeah. So he's, he was talking, I think that's where I learned it. If you can communicate at a second grade level, the brain is trying to one, help you survive, and then also help you use the least amount of energy possible, right? Conserve calories, yes. Yes. So when you have to read a, uh, you know, a, a big, long textbook, that takes a lot of brain capacity. But if you can simplify it, people will be more in tune and, and they'll stay longer. So and, and the other thing here, like with advisors, it's so tough because we're, we could be a 10 out of 10 competency and 10 out of 10 skill. But if we have a three out of 10 communication ability, people are going to see us as a three out of 10 advisor, mm. which is too bad because there's a lot of not good advisors who are 10 out of 10 communicators and salespeople, and they're not giving the best help to the people that are talking to them. So we need more advisors who are 10 out of 10 competency, who want to serve and help people. And then we need to raise that communication level. That's part of the reason why I've got streamlined my practice. That's the stuff that I'm teaching people. Yeah. Well, you're, you're spot on. I've seen, I've seen this. I've seen the advisor that's got five acronyms after his name, CFP, CFA, you know, all of the schooling, all of the technical know-how. But as Tony Robbins says, if you can't simplify the complex and communicate that in a way that honestly is engaging, maybe a bit entertaining, builds relationships, builds trust, you will not be a successful financial advisor. Yeah. Uh, if you are the one selling or building relationships, you won't be. You can be a great financial planner, you know, a pair of planner or back in the back office building plans, but you won't. This is a relationship business at the end of the day. And if you don't work on how to communicate in a way that builds relationship, you're just not going to be as successful as you can. I couldn't agree more, Dave. Okay. So let's get a little bit into the technical aspect of content creation. So the cool thing is, these appointments you're in are your lab for content. What are the common yes. needs or gaps? And I love how you're pulling the case studies out of those. This has gotten to Dave and it's, here's how Dave creates a video. Can we go from ideation phase? Like, okay, this might've popped up and then here's kind of the notes. And then here's how I record the content and just kind of step us through what that looks like. 
Yeah. So it's first thinking about one concept or one thing you would like to share. So that's kind of like what the, that's the point you want to get across. And maybe it's three, three points, three bullets or something like that. For instance, here's an example. We started seeing that a lot of people in the first meeting were talking about like my advisor does investments, but he's not thinking about the tax efficient withdrawal plan. He's not thinking about kind of just the overall, how much tax am I going to pay? He's not thinking about Roth conversions or she's not thinking about it. So the three things we came up with that also align with your your product productize idea was people want the income plan, the tax plan, and the investment plan, and they want it all working together. So let's pretend when we figured that out, we wanted to share that retirement is not just investments anymore. It's a different ballgame. What was successful the last 30 years is not going to get you to the next 20 or 30 years. Maybe it will, but there's also these other things to think about, which is income, tax, and investment. So knowing that, if I wrote down income planning, tax planning, and investment planning, that's all. I just want to share that concept with people. I'm going to come at this as a place if I was writing a text post. So that's kind of like the, the what or the how, what I want to communicate. And then the really important thing that a lot of advisors are bad at, I was bad at, or a lot of people in general might not think this way, is is coming up with the bold statement or something that is going to get people's attention. Because when you're, if we're writing something, let's say it's LinkedIn or doing a video, you need the first line or two to be something that is, oh, wow, I want to learn what that is. Or that was intriguing, or there's an open loop. I want to find out what he's talking about or she's talking about. So after we have the income plan, tax plan, the meat of the content, we have to have something that is a bold promise, or here's a quick hack for anybody who wants to do this. Ask a question as the first line of either your written content or your video. If you're asking a question, hey, I talked to someone today, and the question was, what's the right amount to convert for a Roth. I'd keep going back to that, but whatever it is, ask the question and that opens up a loop in their head that they're going to probably stick around for the next line or two. The reason why you already know, people know, uh, all these advisors know that with social media, it's the scroll and it takes a lot to be able to have somebody stop. So we need that first line to be something that grabs us. So it's like, I kind of, I'm thinking from Brad here, the framework of how how we're creating a video and the framework is the bold promise and then giving some context, like what that means, give a little bit more information about what that means. And then that is basically the hook they call it, right? That's the thing that that's going to keep someone engaged. And then you get into the intro. A lot of YouTube videos from advisors or a lot of videos on LinkedIn. I'll see, Hey, I'm Dave Zoller. I'm the owner of Streamline financial services and uh, I've been an advisor for 14 years and, yes. and nobody yes. cares if they've never seen me before. They don't care. Uh, they care about their problem or they care about the pain that they have or the question in their head. We want to be able to enter the conversation that they already have in that they're having in their head. I think that's a quote from Frank Kern or some some marketing guy. But if we can enter that conversation, then they're going to be more engaged. Right. So it's the bold promise give some context, then the intro of who you are, keep it to less than five seconds or 10 seconds. And then you get into, here's the how, here's the actual meat of the content, and then just wrap it up. So that's how I think about it when I'm doing a YouTube video. That's the framework I follow. But here's one for an advisor who doesn't want to start a YouTube channel right now. They just want to test this content stuff out. 
my recommendation is go to LinkedIn still because they're still promoting your post to a wider audience. There's more viewers or what do you call it? viewers on LinkedIn than there are creators. So that's a great mm. place to start. And, and here's the three sentence framework. What is the problem they have? You're thinking from the mind of your client. What's their problem? What's the pain that that causes? And then what's the possible solution? It's three sentences. Follow that framework and put it into the Hemingway app. See if you could post it and see what happens. Follow that framework every time. And then you'll have a video that does five views instead of one view. Take that. Sorry, I said video, but you'll have a text post that does five views instead of one view. Take the one with five and then record yourself just reading that script, post it up there and start the video process going. That's the framework I would follow. Love it. There's something here, like the other thing psychologically, because I've seen a lot of advisors get stuck. Uh, what if this sucks? What if, you know, the, sometimes the most dangerous voice to listen to is the one inside your own head with the, with the kind of the imposter syndrome that, that we all have. Yeah. Every creator has that. And that is the best time to test. Fail when no one is watching. Yes. Right. So yeah. when you started, Dave, you didn't have 20 some thousand viewers or however many you have now subscribers. You had zero. So that's the time to test. If you fall on your face a couple of times, guess what? Three people saw it. No one cares. And you grow, you evolve, you get uncomfortable and you level up. And I, I love that. Um, another thing I want to just circle back on your advice echoes the advice I got from Amy Porterfield, who is one of, she's a prolific content creator. Actually, by the time this goes live, she'll probably, her episode will be live on here. Hmm. But I think one of the things that she said, so she teaches courses online. And I think what happens with advisors is we go to the familiar, which is we're used to face-to-face appointments. Many advisors are used to dinner seminars. And in both of those mediums, you can honestly get away with not being that engaging, right? Because it's not like typically the client's not going to get up out of the chair and walk out of your meeting in the middle of it. The seminar, the dinner is at the end. So they're waiting for that. But your point on how to open, this is the internet. They're scrolling. We've all been sent a YouTube video where we watched 10 seconds. We're like, this is stupid. And we clicked out or we, you know, scrolled onto the next thing. Amy Porterfield's advice, you you got to hook them right out of the go. Hey, are you an advisor out there that wants to create YouTube videos, but you don't know how? I mean, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to catch a financial advisor's attention that has interest in creating some form of, of YouTube content, not Hey, I'm Brad Johnson. Here's my pedigree in the business. And here's my lifelong bio. They're like, they're gone before that thing's even over. So they don't even get to the content. So I love your framing there of like, hit them with the hook kind of, you know, it's kind of clickbait sort of title. That's like, Hey, if you don't know this thing, you might not be able to retire for another 10 years. Retire is going to click on that, you know? So um, I love that advice. Uh, We we had a, a person who was, not a client, but I talked to him, intro call, and he had 5 million bucks in one stock, high growth tech stock. And I knew he wouldn't become a client, but my goal again was service and helping to think in a different way. And I said the line about the last 30 years going great, or the last three or five for this one particular stock, but then the next 20 years, it's not so much about shooting the lights out anymore. It's not about the maximum growth. It's about sometimes capital preservation and income. And so he got to think a little bit differently by the end of it. Hopefully he's going to think about it and I don't know what he's going to do next. But anyways, I shared that story. And again, no specific details. 
But that might be someone out there who's got their company stock that is a big part of their portfolio, and they're thinking, oh, I wonder how I should kind of change this up or, or diversify. So, like, that's an example of just, again, you're documenting what happened that day. Yeah, for but sure. It, okay, yeah. so we go to, okay, we've got kind of the framework that you write out. Now I go to record, and one of the things you said because of the software, the Descript, mm-hmm. you actually can like you don't have to like sit there and do one take and you know be super polished and do a straight five minute and you nailed every word it actually gives you the ability to like glance down at your notes and so talk through kind of that video like the actual video recording process yeah so let's pretend i had that three sentence linkedin text post and i wanted to create a video that would be 30 seconds long i could you could have the post on your screen or on a piece of paper here and you could say you could look down read the first line and say, I had a client that I talked to, or I had a prospect that I talked to that had $5 million in one stock. And he was a little bit worried about what retirement would look like. That's the first line. Then I would stop. I would look down again and look at the next line and then look up, say that line, pause, look down, see the last line, and then look up again at the camera and then say the last line. And So you're saying something, pausing for about 10 seconds, and then saying something again, pausing for 10 seconds, and then you put it into script, click remove the pauses, and then you have one video that's 30 seconds long, and it's just super clean. That's how to do it. I would honestly do that with a piece of paper or if it's on your screen and just know, you could even say, the. here's the cool thing, you could say that first line, let's pretend the first line was, hey, I talked to a client and uh, he had 5 million bucks in a, one stock. And then you could just say it again. Because you're like, oh, that was kind of lame. Hey, I just talked to a client and he actually had $5 million in one side. Or I don't know. You could change it up. You could say it yeah. three times in a yeah, row and sure. you could pick the best one. The second one was the best one. I didn't mention this about Descript, but when you upload a video, it automatically on the left side of the screen has the transcript, the words of the video. And when you want to delete a word or delete something, you highlight the words like a document and you press delete and then the video is automatically updated and it's edited so that i didn't mention that but that is one of the amazing features so so that gives you so that gives you the opportunity to test three different openings yeah you watch them and you're like eh, first two sucked i'm going to go with number three yes and then boom you just delete the first two and there you are yep i've been i've been yeah i've been reading from a teleprompter now for some time and there's times where i'll start the paragraph and i'll mess up and then i'll just scroll back up and then say the same paragraph and sometimes three or four times and i know that so in description well again i'm not doing the editing anymore but when i was it was easy to just find that right one and just highlight and delete the other ones yeah well and i will say back to people just getting incredibly uncomfortable as soon as a video camera pops up it's like a human it's like a reaction with most people the most natural advisors i've seen on video are just content creators in general like if i'm sitting here talking to dave and we're just having a conversation i'm not going to sit here with my hands well most likely most people wouldn't sit here with my hands like plastered to my sides like a statue i'm going to sit there I'm going to be comfortable in my own skin. I'm going to talk with my hands. I'm going to gesture. I'm going to raise my shoulders. I'm going to smile, hopefully. And that's the thing I think that's cool about this content creation process is, okay, you've got the line. And then now you can just sit there and it's almost like picture you're just having a conversation with a buddy. And, hey, Dave, 
So the other day I had a client, a, a potential client walk in, they had $5 million in one stock. And how that conversation unfolded, there was a lot of lessons in it that I wanted to share with you here mm. today. And, and just okay. like, like that would be like a conversation, right? And I think that's the thing is stop taking yourself so seriously. Naval Ravikant, he's one of my favorite guys out on the internet. Go follow him on Twitter if you don't already and you're listening in. But he's, I just love it. He's like, guess what? So you do a video, you do a podcast, and then you're going to die someday and none of it's going to matter. So don't take yourself too seriously. Just go and have fun and try to help others. And I, ever since I heard that, I'm like, he's right. Like, who yeah. cares at the end of the day? Yeah. You know? And you know what's cool, too, when you're watching yourself on Descript or whatever video? then you realize how, at least I do, and I still struggle with this, how monotone you are, how mm. no uh, emotion you have. I'm talking like Loda, Yoda, uh, mm-hmm. and how you don't pause and you're trying to like, you know, word vomit everything out. So I would say tonality is just, it, your face is a remote control of your emotion. So like when someone has a hard thing that they're sharing in the intro call or they were embarrassed, you don't want to just be the stoic guy, like looking right at it. They're going to feel judged, right? You want to be able to mirror the way that they're feeling. Do that in videos as well. That's tonality. And then pauses. The line that you gave, the first two sentences, you paused for about two seconds. A lot of times you're thinking like, I just got to read this script here and, and get it all out. But yeah, tonality, pausing, and then even like inflection. I, again, monotone guy, but like, it's almost like you're, it sounds so weird, but you're you're saying a sentence and you you say it really high at the end of the the sentence or something like that. You, yeah, it's, it's like it's a great practice because you just see how or, or we you are, know are yeah. And I mean, if you get in, like, here's the thing: as a financial advisor, if you've done it long enough, you've gotten into some really intense, deep human situations. Yeah. You've dealt with loss. You've dealt with you know loss of money, loss of a lifelong partner for a retiree. And if I'm doing a video on that. And I just, I'm like, yeah. So a client walks in the other day, they just lost their husband. It's like, no, that, like you need to like sit in that. And that's like, yeah, they, they just unfortunately had a spouse pass away. That's what we're talking. I mean, if you're sad, your voice drops. If you're happy, like you said, it goes up, you know? And so I think, and that's the thing where I've seen a lot of advisors, they're so worried about the content. I got to nail everywhere, throw that out the window, because if you nail the content, and your eyes are just going left to right, reading a teleprompter, it's your three out of 10 on the human connection side. There's no human connection. There's no emotion. And that's what I love about your content creation process. You actually take the pressure of having to nail every line completely out with the Descript software. You're just like, you can sit there and kind of test a couple lines, see what hits, cool, and then edit together. And the added benefit of the jump cuts is it's more engaging because it's like... (laughs) Amy Porterfield, what she talked about in online course creation, you can't have these slide decks with like five bullets mm-hmm. on them. You've got to keep the pace going. You have to, It's a YouTube video, a TikTok video. You just have to imagine there's a classroom of fifth graders watching and you've got to go, right? Yeah. And she yeah. said, you don't have a slide with five bullets. You have five slides with one bullet because now you're constantly clicking to the next slide, clicking to the next yeah. slide, clicking to the next slide. And that's what that jump cut will do is like, boom, we're on to the next topic in the next sentence. And now you're constantly keeping them engaged with the content yeah. you're creating. So I just love that. Uh, about and the that's process. why, okay. That's why the drawing is so big too. Look at a video called now is the best time to retire. It was a month ago. Well, let's see, it would be end of April. 
It's got 150,000 views. And part of the reason is, I think within the first five seconds, I remove my face from the video and show a really bad drawing. And all it is, mm. is kind of outlining what we're going to be talking about. One, two, three, four. And throughout the video, I am not just doing the jump cuts, but it's also getting us an image on the screen that adds engagement. Even for 30-second videos, it's a great idea. And again, you don't have to be a good drawer to do it. You did not employ Carl Richards to come do the drawing for you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, hey, got the connection. So you might need to have him guest on a video or two. That's a good idea. Okay, we've got not enough time. And and I do, this would be fun, Dave. So, okay, so we, we cut the content, we've got the video. Now, how do you think about deploying it out to YouTube? So are there certain ways you title videos? Dave Portnoy is an absolute master of content creation. Barstool Sports, for those unfamiliar, not safe for work. So be careful where you watch it. Who else? Uh, Mr. Beast, obviously, just the goat of YouTube. A lot of times their thumbnails for their videos, they've got, you know, engaging pictures that kind of draw in the clicks. Have you deployed any of those sort of... Um, techniques or anything on your videos that you've learned as you post them or how you title them or anything else that you found helpful? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share how I started and then the, the trick right now so you don't have to spend a lot of time doing it. How I started was it was a Google draw, Google, you know, in Google Drive or PowerPoint. It was like a PowerPoint. I just had a template and it was words on the left side and my face on the right side. And I would just try to keep it less than, you know, maybe seven or eight words. The less words on the thumbnail, the better. The title is really important. We're not marketing experts, right? You, the advisors are not, they don't know the marketing mind, or maybe some do, but it doesn't matter. Here's how you do it. We've got the tool now, and it's another AI tool, and it's chat GPT. You could take your post that's five lines long, post it in to chat GPT and say, come up with an engaging YouTube title, or just like an engaging 10-word introduction or whatever the prompt is the way that i use i use it now is here's the first paragraph of the youtube channel i'm talking about this this and this the audience is people who are over 55 and thinking about retirement and come up with 10 titles for a, a youtube channel and it'll come up with 10 and then the human still needs to be there some of them are corny some of them are okay but it gives you the ideas and then the combo of, oh, a little bit of this mm. one, a little bit of this one. That's a YouTube title. It's engaging. Or you just use the one that that they give you. That's a way to come up with a, a title. You could even say it's not as good, but you could say now come up with a, what could a, a thumbnail look like that would be engaging, that people would click on. It's a high click-through rate. ChatGPT is not as good for that, but it might give you some ideas. So it's hard to get into YouTube. It takes a long time, but start simple. Really focus on helping and, and giving right content and then you'll get better as you go and then you'll also improve the thumbnails and the, and the you can always go back and change the thumbnails right you can change the title that's you, true you learn more but yeah that's a few few tips love the chat gpt tip i'm curious did the title now is the best time to retire was that chat gpt that was helping you with that one i think i put it in there but here's the other idea Here's how I've done some videos. The Roth conversion sweet spot. That was, I think, my first video or one of the first videos. I saw another thumbnail that said Roth conversion sweet spot. I thought, that's interesting. I watched some of the video. I'm like, you know what? I could put my own spin on Roth conversion sweet spot. We've talked about it in client meetings before. We bring it up with clients. How would I write and talk about it? Or what was the example I just had with a client? 
So you could get ideas from other people, right? There's nothing, as long as you're not writing down the words that they said and then regurgitating the words that they said and copying, if you're getting ideas from here and here and here, you can use those and put your, you've got no competition, right? I've got no competition because there is no other me that I know of out there. And I'm going to say things in a certain way that some people like and they would want to talk to me and some people hate and they're never going to call me or they're never going to go to our website, yeah. right? Or they'll give the video a thumbs down and that's okay. That's one of the the, the best things about uh, doing content is you pre-qualify all of the people who are reaching out to you so that you don't have to, quotes, waste time talking to people who are not interested in you and just don't know it yet. You're, you're really pre-qualifying people. That's the, I feel like I know you already, so I called you. That's one of the huge things there. But yeah, look at what other people are doing. Go to buzzsumo.com. Type in Kiplinger or Kiplinger, however you pronounce it, and see the top posts of the last three months on that website. Take the Kiplinger slash retirement or whatever the, the thing is. So, so it, just so I'm clear, Dave, BuzzSumo, what does that do? It shows the top. So BuzzSumo is a website. Google it and you can, I haven't used it in some time, but in the beginning, I would take a URL from a site that is retirement focused and see what are the things that people are clicking on the most and sharing the most on socials. And, you know, it's usually about social security or it's about trying to think what the other big things were. And then you can see their, their get ideas of what the headers are, the headlines, the titles that, that are engaging. You know, it's not what we think sometimes, but that'll give you a lot of good ideas as you're creating your own. So BuzzSumo is another tool I would check out. Awesome. This is going to be quite the extensive show notes. This is awesome. Okay. So we've got the video. We've got, we post it, kind of here's some ideas around how we title it, the thumbnail. Okay. The million dollar question, literally, probably a million dollars of revenue that this is generated for you. How do we now take them from watching a video to becoming an appointment on the calendar? What what have you learned from the conversion? How are you generating 40 appointments a month on average? Yes. So in the beginning when we had, and I don't know if I even shared the numbers, May 2020 to December of 2020, we went from zero subscribers on YouTube to 70. That's not quite a great success. There were no reach outs, no appointments being set, nothing. And I was getting teased at the Christmas party in a loving way from the team, like great idea about this initiative of, of getting doing content marketing. And thankfully, the next month or two, there was one video that took off and it generated 20 appointments in a weekend. But the thing that we were doing at that time that we figured out the mistake we made, advisors don't make this mistake. It's if you're gonna put content on any social platform or YouTube, do not go straight for the meeting. That's actually what we do now because we have the the level of people, you know, level of views where the right clients are reaching out. But in the beginning, maybe we had that month that it took off, maybe we had 5,000 views in a week or so, which was a lot for us at the time. And it was a lot for anybody. And 20 people out of there came in and they came in because I started sharing something that was not that idea of getting married and having a, a meeting together with someone you don't really know. Just don't ask for the appointment right away. That's not a baby step that people want to take. Some do, but most likely they want something that's a smaller micro action, a smaller micro step, something for free. Find something for free that you can give to people that is valuable and we'll, they'll recognize the value. Can, do we have time to share the thing that worked the best during this period please. of kind of low views? Yes, please. 
it was, I've mentioned it before on, on some of the YouTube videos on Streamline My Practice, but it's the how much do I need to retire quiz. And the quiz was eight questions. You know, what's your name? How old are you? When do you want to retire? How much do you have saved? Are you married? How old is, are they? And they would fill that out. I would get up. I used Typeform at the time. Typeform is just a quiz. You know, you can use Google Forms. You can use SurveyMonkey or, or anything. I got an email when someone filled it out and it had those answers. I would use the Riskalyze software now, Nitrogen software. They had this roadmap where you put in four, I think it was just four inputs, dollar amount, risk level, inflation, age, retirement age. I think that was it. And then I would screen share using Loom and I would record a three-minute video sharing what the results were of the map, right? Roadmap showing the up and then the down as they start to take money. And I think it was a percentage of success rate. And the thing that worked and got 25% of people who watched that video would reach out to me for an intro call, you know, in the beginning and say, don't make any big decisions here. This is kind of high level. There's a few numbers, but just to give you an idea as you're planning out your retirement. And at the end of it, I would say, one of the things, or here's a few things that people in your situation, or maybe just a few years ahead of you are thinking, they are thinking about, okay, retirement's coming up. And what they are thinking about is tax efficient withdrawal strategy. You know, sometimes that's some of the biggest value, the biggest savings that uh, retirees can have is not paying any more tax than they need to, right? They're also thinking about this idea of Roth conversions. They've got a lot in their 401k pre-tax. They might have a lot in their IRA or SEP or whatever it is. And they're thinking, does it make sense to do Roth conversions at that time? Or if it was specific to them, I'd say, or they're thinking about this thing. I can't get into specifics now because I don't know all the details, but if you do want to talk, just uh, email me back and, and we could set up a time. And 25% of people would say, yeah, I want to talk about Roth conversion. I want to talk about tax efficient withdrawal strategy. And then we'd have a meeting. That's how we had our first client. That, uh, so let's see, December. And then a video took off, did well. And then I think it was February where we had our first client that followed that framework. And the reason why we stopped doing it is because then the views, I think I figured out the formula. The views took off and it was a lot of people every day and I just couldn't get back to, to all of them. So we had to yeah. narrow the gate a little bit, but that's not a problem for most people. Think about the quiz idea. Yeah. Love that. And so I'm, I'm just picturing, I'm sitting here watching a YouTube video. It's most likely probably on an iPhone for most people, mm-hmm. you know, like you look at an infomercial on TV, it's going to have that call 1-800 down at the bottom or whatever. How does the actual interface work? Like, how do they get the email or the quiz? Is there a a link in the show, in the yeah. notes under the YouTube? Is it on screen? Like, what what's the, how do you get them into that funnel? Yep. So you will promote it in the video. It'll be a one line. Let's say, okay, bold promise or question, context, intro. And a lot of people have been finding help with this, how much do I need to retire quiz? If you are, take a look below. And there's a link, that's what they click on, that's what they answer, and then uh, get the email. Yeah, so you're you're mentioning it, and it's just, that's really all it is. It's a mention in the middle of a helpful piece of info. Cool, and about how long are the videos typically? I'm sure they range, but like, how long is the video content? YouTube specifically, in the beginning, two to three minutes was, I got the best feedback from people because I pretty much, I followed the framework, but made it quick. And mm. people can see how long the video is before they click. And if they see two videos called tax efficient withdrawal strategy, 
or something like that, they'll pick on the one that's shorter a lot of times because they just want to get yeah. to it. And they would comment, thank you for making, you know, not a 20 minute video on this one topic, super helpful. So that was great. That allowed subscribers to happen. And I think for the first maybe six months or so, pretty short, maybe five minutes was the most. Now, the late, latest video I did was probably 14 minutes, but it's because there's a lot more to share a lot different, you know, there's a whole, it's a whole different ball game as you keep going and get better. But in the beginning, yeah, yeah, go for the, the quick hit for people. I, that's great because I think most advisors, it's overwhelming. I've got to come up with 10 minutes of content. It's like, no, just what advisor can't talk about something financial, financially related for two minutes. I mean, that should be a yeah. very low bar. Awesome. Okay, I'm trying to think if there's any, is there anything we left out just that would be helpful if I'm an advisor out there? I kind of want to explore this YouTube medium, but we haven't read yet. There's hours and hours of content that we left out that is really helpful. There's kind of like, again, the 80-20, like these are some of the things for the first stage of getting going. This was probably the stuff that was most, most helpful if you're just getting started. There's these next level things that happen as you progress and you learn, I'm toying with the idea of doing a, a coaching for advisors who are specific to, who want to replicate what we did at Streamline Financial on YouTube. I don't know for sure if that's happening. That would be interesting, but there's a lot that goes into it. But I would say, get started, commit to becoming the sort of person that is able to communicate via video and just practice. And like you said, if you want to, don't do one unless you commit. I would say maybe 100, maybe just 50, but one of those and make a commitment, it could be worth it. I don't want to say it's it's definitely worth it, but there's other advisors out there that have started doing this and it's it's amazing the results that can happen from it. Yeah, I mean I'll, I'll just say for your journey on YouTube is very similar to my journey on the podcasting front. It was crickets for the first year. Now, granted, I was doing everything wrong. It was all organic. I was doing one episode a month. So I failed when nobody was watching um, mm -hmm. or listening. But it it's the snowball rolling downhill effect that happens with content on YouTube, on podcasts, assuming it's good, helpful content, right? That's not yes. just self-promotional, trying to sell something. And the you just said it on YouTube. It's like you had all these reps out there. But the way the algorithm works on YouTube is once you have enough content and, oh, I've got this video that kind of popped and it, it hit a chord and got some views. Well, YouTube sees that and YouTube is in the business of making money off of advertising. So when their algorithms like, hey, people are paying attention to this video, it's going to go serve them another Dave Zoller video. Right. Hey, yes. if you, we've all seen this. You watch this video here, watch this one next. And now your content starts feeding your other content. And then it's yep. this snowball rolling downhill. And then it's just, it's almost like the success, the overnight success that happened, you know, after two or three years of work, that's how yes. this game works. And yes. unfortunately, most advisors and most content creators do like five videos and then they give up because like, oh, no, but this, you know, this isn't working. And, and I love that you, you said, shared that part. You're, and you're right too about, we always hear about niche and focus. That is important, YouTube. If we're talking YouTube, I think every title had retirement or retirement planning in it. And maybe it took 10 months for YouTube algorithm to figure it out, or who knows what happened. But because it did, then now 80% of viewers are above 55. YouTube's the best marketing engine out there, I'd say. It takes your video. It finds exactly the right 
fit for you, who you're trying to help. It puts the video in front of them and it even pays you when they watch the video. That I, No other platform does that, I don't think, that I know. Yeah. Well, um, well, what's what's cool, if you think about the internet, <laughs> just think about your own human behavior. I actually just did this like two weeks ago. So we've got an espresso maker. Every like month, this little clean me light comes on. And I'm like, how, how do you do that again? So I go to YouTube. I type in Breville espresso maker, how to clean. And the same video of this 55-year-old man, two-minute video cleaning is just walking through step by step. I watch it every month to two months because I forget every time the three steps you got to do it. But what's happened with YouTube, it's the next evolution of Google. Obviously, Google owns YouTube. Yes. So back in the day, you would go to the search bar in Google. And now Google's figured out if I serve yes. video content for the solution that's super easy and intuitive that people can just watch along with it, we get more eyeballs there than if I just pitch them an article that's got steps in it. And so now Google's algorithm actually feeds YouTube content to Google searches. And now the YouTube search bar has become the video version of Google. And what you're doing is saying, hey, I'm a retiree that needs help with fill in the blank. It's just serving your content right there. So it's just where the internet is going. Where my head goes, Dave, is, you know, I've, I've got a Tesla and it, like I, I joke with my friends, I'm like, yeah, my car is driving me to work today. Autopilot's pretty cool. And mm. I'm just picturing 10 years from now when it is fully autonomous vehicles, those vehicles are going to become just driving entertainment systems. They'll probably turn mm -hmm. the seats where they face each other. They'll probably put a console in the middle and people will just be watching content while they go from place to place. And so I'm just thinking like, where's the world going 10 years from now? The people that are ahead of the game that are creating this just volumes of content, a content library that is constantly being served to people. That is the long game that is going to serve financial advisors that get ahead of this very well into the future. You know, it'll probably be in VR headsets or something else, but that is the future of where the world is going. So yep. I love yep. everything that she shared here today. Quick thing. Uh, any, any yeah, any closing thoughts on, on just that in general? So YouTube also helps. So you can write a blog post and go for SEO, like a lot of advisors do, search engine optimization. YouTube transcribes it automatically and helps with SEO already. Like we're getting people going to our website and reading an article because we created a video. And that video was transcribed, and and I, so it, there's so so many so many. Benefits. Well, Tim Ferriss wrote a book off of his podcast, "A Tools of Type." Yeah. So the, the truth is, I mean, and a lot of people have written books by transcribing it, just recording it, and then so Dave, I mean, you might have a book coming out, you know, six months to twelve months from now. Just take all your best viewed YouTube videos, the transcripts, and just get a writer to mash them all together. Interesting. Ooh, there that's go. a good idea, Brad. Idea man. Hey, that's what I'm. Here, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, man. I'll tell you, that's that's my game plan. We transcribe every podcast, so you might be in my book in the future. It'll be you know tools of titans for for finance, but uh, yeah. Well, hey, this has been awesome, man. I've got pages of notes over here. I'm going to feed to Kristen on our chief. She's our chief product officer. I know you had a chance to meet her at Jolt. She's going to love a lot. She probably uses a lot of these tools already, but. Yeah, Dave, uh, I guess we didn't get to the actual like map. Like, let's look at 2022. If you've got these numbers off the top of your head, how many millions of assets have you gathered directly from YouTube as a marketing funnel? Do you have general numbers there that would be helpful for yeah. advisors out there listening in? Yeah. So we track two numbers. It's 
It's AUM growth and then also distributions that happened. But if we're just looking at AUM growth, it was close to 60. And it was 60 mil of assets last year off of YouTube. Yeah. And it was two advisors. I was helping out in the meetings, but they were going to these two advisors who are really the, they're much smarter than me. They're the CFAs, the the, uh, CFPs, RICPs. They're the service Mm -hmm. advisors and great at the relationship. So it was mainly those two that were able to bring on close to 60 of new assets. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congrats, man. That's a a testament to you being a student of the game. As we say in the Johnson household, Johnson's get uncomfortable. That's where all the growth comes Mm -hmm. from. And right there, lesson proven right there. You got uncomfortable, you figured it out, you kept putting in the reps and 60 million of assets later, I'd say that's, that's a win. Uh, what what's the team saying now, Dave, at the Christmas party? That's what I want to know. It's good things. We're loving. They're high-fiving. We're having fun. We're, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, cool. I just want to close with one last question. One of the things I've come to appreciate about you is we've gotten to know each other better. Uh, you're also a family man. I know that's something you take very higher priority than all the business stuff we talked about today. How you show up at home. So obviously, you're on the Do Business Do Life podcast. I would love to hear your definition of what does do business, do life mean to Dave Zoller? Wow, that's good. I wish I had some time to to think about this one. I would say that the thing that I'm really focused on, because we found something that works and because there are results that are happening on the business side of this marketing, uh, you know, we've talked, just scratched the surface with marketing and content and, and business growth. Focusing more and more energy uh, uh, during the business day on that is a good use of time right? It's that idea of uh, what Dan Sullivan says is the unique ability. I think I've got something Mm. there. So if I could find a team that is so much better than me in many other ways, whether it's being an advisor or doing the operations things or, uh, you know, the, the people management part, find people who are really good at that, focus on one thing, do it well. And that allows a lot less stress in your life, right? Which then is transferred over to your family. If my role was the people manager and the, all of the meetings with clients and all of these things, it would be, it, I did do that for a while mm-hmm. and it was hard. And you know what I'm talking about. Advisors listening right now know what I'm talking about. But yeah, try to focus on those things. Don't be afraid to buy back your time by hiring quality people or virtual assistants and do the things that you're not as good at and spend the money because there's a multiplying effect that happens and that is, your family will will thank you later because you come home in a different way. If you could spend your time in things that fascinate you and motivate you, another Dan Sullivan thing during the day, and it's so much easier to just get to your family and focus and not be as, as stressed. So I don't know if that made sense. It's hard, you know, being an entrepreneur, being an advisor, it's hard to unplug from work and not think about work. One, oh, here's one other thing. I keep mentioning him because he's had a big impact on me. And it's it's at the end of the day, write down the three wins from the day, right? At the end of your work day, three things you made progress on. What did I make progress on that made today better than yesterday? And then what could I make progress on tomorrow? Just three things I could make progress on tomorrow. And that's kind of like your close to the day. Like, yeah, I Maybe you didn't do all the things you wanted to. You've got a long list. But what were three good things that helped me, especially during the the, the, the basement days of lockdown and, and COVID and things like that? It's so hard to transfer upstairs and then start hanging out with your kids. There's no drive home or you know what I mean? 
Right. But doing that, those questions was a big, big help in helping me be more present. And then the last thing I'll say is with kids, I've been reminding myself, I'm never going to get this day back. And yes, we've got tomorrow. We've got a whole lot of time together for the rest of our lives. But like today is, is one day I'm never going to get it back. It's hitting me harder now at, with an eight and seven year old and seeing them and how they're, they're changing, you know, five years to seven year old. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference there. And it's like, oh no, they're turning into teenagers already. So I'm like really trying to focus and no, I'm not going to get this day back, forget about the rest and uh, just focus on them. So that's DVLDL for me. I love that. Thanks for sharing that, Dave. And I couldn't agree more. It's as we record this, we're, my kids just got out of school. We're early June. Jim and Jamie Shields, who I had on their company is called 18 Summers. And the truth is that's all you have with your kids. And when you kind of put it in that context, you're like, well, 18, that's not very many. And I've got a 13 year old now. So I've got five and that stuff does start to hit you. And I caught myself too. Like there's also, my dad said, man, kids, babies was awesome. Five-year-olds was awesome. Even teenage years were awesome. College flew by in like a blink, but now yep. you're at, he's at this level where it's probably the most fulfilling. So like, we think like, oh, I missed six years old, or I, I wish I could go back to five years old with my son, but really not. I mean, 20 years from now, it's a whole new ball game. We've got a lot to look forward to too. So I don't, I, I, I sometimes beat myself up and wish I could go back mm-hmm. in time, but no, like the next thing is going to be awesome. Whole new challenges, whole new wonders that happen getting into sports or whatever. It's all good, I think. And looking forward, future bigger than your past is also a big deal as well. So yeah, I totally feel yeah, and, if, and if you're yeah, and if you're an advisor out there, because guess what? If you've been in this business long enough, it's happened to you. I promise. You've hit burnout. You've definitely gotten out of balance. Too much business, not enough life, haven't been present at family dinners, all of that. We've we've all experienced that. Nobody's perfect. Don't beat yourself up. But to your point, Dave, tomorrow can be different. Like you can turn the page and you can say, hey, I'm unplugging at 5 p.m. I'm going to be home for family dinner. I'm going to put the cell phone away. I've struggled with this. It's tough to turn work off. These iPhones, they don't turn off. You know, it's it's literally it could bombard you all day, every day. And I had a buddy. He literally bought one of those little gun safes, like the like Mm. those small ones. And he he put his cell phone in there at, at dinner time. Until the kids went to bed and he's like, that's one way to guarantee I won't get on my phone. He just locked it in the, in the gun safe every night. It was like his evening ritual, his power down ritual, walk in the door from work, put cell phone in gun safe, carry on, go hang out with the family. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's creating those frameworks where you create a game that you can win. It's the best way I would put it. And so I love the share there. I love the realness too. So anyway, that's the type of people I love having on the show. There's people that want to do business, do life. And Dave, thanks for the abundance mindset and not being like, oh, I'm not going to share my secret because, you know, too many advisors will be on YouTube. And I found that the most successful people in life have that abundance mentality. So thanks for just sharing openly and just playing all out today. I really appreciate that. Hey, that's why I've got the Streamline My Practice channel. I'm sharing all the things that we do. That's that we found success or the mistakes that we made. And the thought is, for some reason, or I heard somewhere that you're best, most equipped, best suited to help who you were three years ago, five years ago, because you just lived the whole journey. So why not? I'm getting a big kick out of helping advisors who are 
at the beginning stages of this content marketing or just whatever it might be, the beginning stages of the first meeting. Like so a lot of people don't have a system for their first meeting or their second meeting or mm -hmm. what the deliverables in. We're giving all that stuff away. And yeah, I've got no competition, like I said before. There's no other me, so I don't know who I'm competing with other yeah. than myself. So it's 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 totally good. I love that, man. Well, hey, anytime you roll through Kansas, you're always welcome at my place. I think you already do that, but in case you didn't, and always good to connect. Look forward to the next time we get to connect in person. So thanks so much, Dave. Till next thanks, time. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for listening to this week's episode on to this week's featured review. It comes to us from user STOTS, TOTS via Apple Podcasts, five stars. Episode two is a game changer and really hit close to home. I've hit a wall on plateaued, but this gave me the tips to get refocused on and ignite 2023. Thanks, Brad and Sean and Kristen, who turned me on to this. Well, thanks for uh, listening in. And for those that haven't had a chance to listen to episode two, it's with Sean Sparks, who I'm partnered with at Triad Partners. And really much of that episode is our journey through finance, a lot of the lessons learned as we worked with some of the top independent financial services firms across the country, as well as just grew up side by side with them. And we're students to many of the lessons learned along the way. So with that being said, what really hits home with me from this review is just how important it is to have others in your life that challenge your thinking. As Dan Sullivan says, sometimes you have to think about your thinking to get where you want to go. And so I'm glad to hear that this episode two did that for this individual out there that left the review that was kind enough to do that. And um, I know I've got a lot of those sort of people in my life as well. So once again, thanks for listening in and uh, we will catch you on the next show. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Do Business, Do Life podcast. As we wrap, for access to show notes, transcripts, and exclusive content from all of our show's guests, don't forget to visit bradleyjohnson.com forward slash podcast. And before you go, I've got a quick favor to ask. If you're liking the podcast, you can help support the show by leaving your rating and review on iTunes. Not only do we read every single comment, but this will help the show rank and get discovered by new listeners and other financial advisors out there that can benefit from the show. Trust me, it really does help. So thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode. These conversations are intended to provide financial advisors with ideas, strategies, concepts, and tools that could be incorporated into their advisory practice. Advisors are ultimately responsible for ensuring implementation of anything discussed is in accordance with any and all regulatory and compliance responsibilities and obligations.